You're listening to the Better With Books podcast, a weekly podcast for entrepreneurs looking to bridge the gap between reading for business and reading for fun. I'm your host, Kate Hollis, conversion copywriter and part-time librarian, ready to guide you toward finding meaningful, actionable insights into yourself, your clients, and your business through works of fiction and creative nonfiction. Join me each week to discuss a new title from genres ranging from fantasy to romance and everything in between. Unconventional? Definitely. But that's where the good stuff is. Think of this as your own personal on-demand book club, one where reading the book is 100% optional and all are welcome. Come for the book recommendations and stay for the inspiration because I think you'll find that your business and your life will be better with books. Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of Better With Books. This episode is brought to you by Kate Hollis Copywriting and Sales Strategy, now booking into 2024. Uh, If you'd like to book a consult, visit katehollis.co and grab a spot on my calendar. Okay, so (laughs) I'm laughing because you might be able to tell that I have a collaborator for this episode. And if you've tuned in before, you understand that the concept of this show is that we are exploring our businesses through the lens of non-business books. And I have yet to find a book that I cannot derive some kind of meaning from and apply to my business. And that includes the book that we're talking about today, which definitely kind of pushes the limits of what you might think is relevant to your life as an entrepreneur. And it is a children's book called Dogman and Cat Kid from the Dogman series by the author Dave Pilkey, who is also known for authoring the very popular Captain Underpants series. And I am very new to Dogman. And For this reason, I am bringing in a consultant for this episode. All right, so I will allow you to introduce yourself. Could you tell everybody your name and how we know each other? Hi, my name is Liam. I'm your second host of today. And I got Dogman and Cat Kids from the school library at Clayton Hill. Yeah, and how do you and I know each other? She's my mommy. Ouch. <laughs> I have to edit that one out, dude. Um, so <laughs> how about you tell us a little bit about Dogman? So I read Dogman for the first time, and I learned that he is a detective. Is that right? Uh-huh. So is he a dog or is he a human? So a bomb exploded, and so... He said, oh, dog, your body's dying, and human, your head's dying. So so he kept his head, and he put his man body on the dog. Yes. And then he became dog man. So there was some kind of explosion, and and there was a police officer and a dog who were each wounded, and they were able to save the head from the dog, the body from the police officer, and... Put them together. So Dogman is a dog head sewn on top of a human body. 
And this series is every bit as silly as you would imagine and also has um, a lot of humor that I think grownups would understand and appreciate that kiddos might not. Um, can I tell a little bit about the book, honey, or do you want to do it? Okay, so this book is called Dogman and Cat Kid, and it is part of a series, and they're definitely standalone reads. So if you happen to see one at the library or on the coffee table of a kiddo's home you might be visiting, you can definitely pick it up and enjoy it. It is a comic book style book. It's a graphic novel. So and it, what's the story of this one? So tell us about, let's tell us about, so we know Dogman's story. Tell us about Cat Kid. Um, cat Kid is a um, cat. And so there's this bad guy named Petey. And so he made a clone of Cat Kid. And so, um, so there's 12 chapters in this book. Mm -hmm. And so Petey turns into Super Cat Man. Mm -hmm. So there's this and evil cat named Pete, and Petey, no, and he, in supervillain style, decides to clone himself. And so he has this baby cat who is a younger version of himself, who he names Petey and becomes Cat Kid. But does Cat Kid want to be a supervillain? No, he wants to be a superhero. Mm. All right, my adorable sweetie here is going to step out for a bit so that we can talk in more detail, but he will definitely be circling back at the end of the episode with more adorable commentary. <laughs> I have recorded and re-recorded this episode more times than any other episode in the history of this podcast. I would just listen back every time and there was something in my voice that just felt like off, like a little bit detached, kind of strained and like overall just a little flat. Like I just didn't sound like myself and I was just giving myself the hardest time. Like what is my deal? Because I, I wrote out the outline for the episode, which I always do. And I felt really good about the points that I was going to make. Like I thought, and I, I still think <laughs> that they were like thought provoking and insightful concepts. And then on top of that, we have my cutie pie son who is making his like super sweet, funny contributions. And still I'd play it back and say to myself, gosh, like if I were listening to this episode, I would stop. And what I think it comes down to is that, you know, what takeaways I got from this book, they touch on vulnerabilities that I have that I've really only identified and said aloud to a very select few people, like my husband, my closest, closest friends, and my therapist. And they all relate to things that have hurt me in relationships of all kinds, both business and personal. And it's not that these topics are like too raw or too fresh to talk about, because I've also done a lot of inner work around them. But I just don't have practice talking about them. 
And it just took me a few tries to get the language right about how I want to talk about it. And also, it just totally snuck up on me, these kind of profound insights because of all the things to read and be impacted by in this way. It was dog man. <laughs> it was like really goofy children's book that got me here. So, you know, Dogman forced me into a position where I had to reckon with some stuff. <laughs> and it's just proof that, you know, like this show's concept is very true, that you can find inspiration in places of, and books of all kinds. So the two big takeaways that I had from Dogman and Cat Kid were both from Cat Kid's storyline. So as Liam mentioned earlier, Cat Kid, also known as Little Petey, he is a clone of the bad guy in the book, the cat named Pete. Now, Pete is not the brightest bulb because when he cloned himself using a cloning machine, because that's how you roll in a kid's book, he expected like a fully grown adult cat to just pop out but instead he got a kitten and not only is little Petey like not the physical replica that pete expected little Petey is also just very different like as a being than pete pete cloned himself so that he could have like a sidekick and fellow evildoer you know one that he created in his image so that he could do more of the bad work. But little Petey doesn't want to be bad. He actually wants to be a superhero. And so he gravitates toward Dogman instead. Dogman is Big Pete's sworn nemesis. And so this throws Pete for a loop in a big way. He like both wants to get Cat Kid back because he doesn't want him helping Dogman. But he also clearly feels like some kind of paternal-ish affection for little Petey. And this was the point where things started to get a little uncomfortable for me. And it was in Big Pete's attempt to win little Petey back. Pete tries to convince him that like Dogman and his crew like aren't really his friends. And then he launches into this like really problematic rhetoric around how like, family is more important than anything, like blood is everything, da, da, da. My first reaction was like, whoa, like way to be a jerk, Pete. And then I realized that like this belief that he holds about what family is, is actually really prevalent in the world. Like, I know I've experienced something like it and have struggled with it, frankly. And I think it's true that no matter like who you are or what it is that you struggle with, like family of origin stuff just runs deep. And this idea that certain relationships have to be a certain way based on the nature of the relationship alone and not its merit that's just never felt good or right to me. 
but it's only been recently, like, like very recently that I've been able to set boundaries and advocate for myself. And now I'm able to see this dynamic for what it is. Because sometimes other people just don't put in the effort for a relationship to go both ways or to recognize or legitimize the other person's needs because they take the nature of the relationship for granted. In the book, Pete assumed that little Petey was going to want to follow the same path as him, that he would hold the same values, but that's not true. But he also still wants a relationship with his dad. And it's unclear whether Pete will ever accept little Petey for who he truly is. You know, and you can't help but wonder, like, will Pete carry these expectations forever? And, like, continually fail to recognize that what little Petey actually needs is very different than what Pete expects for him. Now, this is not an apples to apples comparison by any means, but I do see like some flavor of this dynamic or at least the potential for it in the business world, because we all as humans have the potential to get comfortable in long-term relationships of all kinds and to make assumptions about what the other person wants and needs. From a business perspective, you know, I think it's important to like take a really hard, honest look at the decisions that business owners are making in a tough economy like the one that we have right now. People are across the board looking to cut costs. And I think it's worth taking a second look at your client experience, especially the ones that you've known the longest and maybe even like the best. So I am in the copywriting world, as you might know. And the way my business is structured is that I work on a project basis, but I have many colleagues who work on retainer, which means that their clients pay a set fee every month for certain pieces of content that they get on a regular ongoing basis. And in the last year, I've seen several colleagues have their worlds turned like upside down when some of these retainer clients cancel because it's a huge chunk of their income that they count on month to month. And just to be clear, like I don't think that this reflects one bit on the quality of work because if anything, ChatGPT and AI, you know, they've thrown a wrench into things when it comes to businesses relying on it for content creation as opposed to hiring it out professionally. However, I think it's also fair to assume that when businesses are looking to make cuts, there are multiple service providers that they hire out to on an ongoing basis. So it could be a copywriter, a bookkeeper, a virtual assistant, you know, coaches, consultants, you name it. And businesses are most likely to cut things that they feel that they can do themselves, which unfortunately is often content. But if it ever comes down to your business 
or another service provider being on the chopping block. It's worth asking yourself if you've put in like time and attention into the relationship and not just the product that you're delivering. Because a quality product is super important, but so is how you make someone feel. So, you know, the things that we could ask ourselves, like, are you keeping in touch on a regular basis? Are you remembering important events and milestones like birthdays and critical times of year, you know, things about their family? And if they're an, you know, quote, easy client, are you more likely to kind of let certain things slide? Because, you know, you know that even though you have this deadline in place that they probably would be okay if you needed a little bit more time so that you could prioritize something else. Or do you assume that you know what they need without checking in on them first? Like having a long-term client isn't a given that they're going to be your client forever. And the truth is, is that they want more from you than just the product that you provide. Like they want to feel something. They want to feel seen and supported and taken care of. And those are things that Cat Kid is definitely not getting from Pete, but he does get from Dogman. And let me tell you, <laughs> Dogman needs Cat Kid too, because he is definitely more dog than man. You know, Dogman gets access to all of these different situations and places because he is a detective. But then he goes and does all of this like gross, stereotypical dog stuff, like chewing on table legs and decimating a buffet table or jumping on people and giving them like big wet kisses. And then people kick him out. And that's exactly what happens in this book, um, except, you know, Dogman is on a movie set for a film that's being made about his life. But he gets kicked out for causing all kinds of trouble per usual. Meanwhile, Pete is also on the inside wreaking havoc and trying to damage Dogman's like public image. So Cat Kid gets wind that something is amiss and he swoops in to save the day but quickly realizes that he needs backup. So he thinks about calling on his robot sidekick, um, who, by the way, is named ADHD. So 80HD, ADHD, get it? <laughs> but little Petey hesitates because he finds himself remembering something that Pete told him. Pete said that ADHD, the robot, was programmed to obey and that he's incapable of being little Petey's friend because he has no free will and that he only helps because he has to and not because he actually likes Petey. So Petey goes home with this in the back of his mind and he asks his robot, you know, like, I would really like it if he would want to come with me. And ADHD responds that, you know, he can only act if he's given specific direction. And so what Cat Kid does is he goes in, he reprograms the bot, you know, beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. The robot recalibrates 
and then immediately hugs Petey. Off they go to save the day. And it's this very sweet, redemptive moment because, like, of course, ADHD wants to help little Petey. I mean, he's an absolute sweetheart. And even though, you know, this robot works for him, you know, little Petey has treated him with nothing but kindness and respect. And, you know, I do see some comparison here that we can make to the business world because how often do we hire and are hired by people we've gotten to know and care about personally through the business community? And, you know, I'll pause to say I recognize there is some serious gray area here because business or not, we all have very different definitions of friendship. You know, and unlike romantic partnerships, friendships typically don't involve a lot of conversation around our needs and expectations. So there's plenty of opportunity for general disconnect between friends when perceptions on both sides can be really different. And similarly, we all run our businesses from different places, like different value systems, different experiences, but we're still in the same tightly knit community and offering hiring people who we know and trust and might think of as friends and vice versa. And, you know, there might be some folks who, you know, take advantage of that relationship and maybe like try to negotiate a different rate or, you know, like want to barter services. But overall, it's been my experience that entrepreneurs want to pay other entrepreneurs because they get it. Like this is our live livelihood. Now, on the other hand, as business owners, we're encouraged to set pretty clear boundaries because some clients will try to ask for things that aren't reasonable. You know, additional deliverables, extensions, access to you outside of business hours, like you name it. And, you know, we might feel pressured to meet those demands, but I think it's those boundaries that are where things can get sticky. So I'll give you a personal example. A few years ago, I was in a group program and it was run by someone I knew really well and had worked with for a long time previously. And I had grown to care about. But six weeks into this six-month program, I had this really scary health crisis, and I just couldn't continue because I was just not well, and I had just a slew of appointments um, for a really long time. And, you know, the nature of this program was that it was offered on an ongoing basis. So, you know, it was scheduled to start again within that same year. And it had been in existence long enough that it like seldom filled all the way. And, you know, each round of the program, a person in the current cohort would be selected to participate in the next round at no cost. So I really thought, you know, oh, like this could, this could work out. Um, But I wasn't chosen. And so I couldn't pick back up where I left off. And, you know, I was given the opportunity to like sign up again and at a discount, but 
you know, I was out of work for several months because I was ill and I just wasn't in a position where I could do that. And, you know, whether or not I was like right or wrong to feel this way, I just felt a little hurt, like both as a friend and, you know, as someone who I had like led into my life in a very personal way. Um, but I didn't push it because as a business owner, like I knew it was well within this person's right to, you know, just say, I'm, you know, like, I'm sorry that you weren't able to participate, but you know, like that's that. And, you know, the thing is, is that like the nature of the relationship just made it like super confusing for me as the client because business and personal were so intertwined. And, you know, I don't, I don't have any solutions to offer here. Um, you know, just, just questions. Like, I think it's worth asking yourself if the dynamic that you have with your clients could become similarly confusing if you were in a position where you had to make a tough business decision. And also, you know, are you willing to make accommodations or even take a minor financial hit if there's a genuinely good reason that might warrant you refunding a deposit or changing a project scope or modifying a deadline? Like as a business owner, I of course want to make money. But for me, like profit is not my primary motivator. You know, I, at the end of the day, want to show up for other people from a place of compassion and love. And that means meeting people where they are when life deals them a bad hand. And thankfully, this doesn't come up a lot. Like if it did, then I take that as an invitation to you know, maybe take another look at my screening process to see if maybe folks were signing on before they were ready. You know, if you have a firm policy about what you're able or not able to do for a client when emergencies or hardships arise, you know, you could also explore ways that you could be abundantly clear about that early in the relationship the client relationship anyway, like bolded language in your contract, you know, requiring like initials at key points in your client agreement or including some language about it in your proposal, just so that there's a minimized likelihood for any kind of surprise or just, but to bring things back to Dogman, you know, this book was a really sweet reminder that it is possible to have a professional relationship where one person can show up for the other person in need in a way that feels good for everyone involved. And I'm just really, really happy that, you know, this fictional example landed in my lap because I had these related experiences that I just haven't been able to put words to. And I think the takeaway for all of us is to be very clear for ourselves and for others, you know, where flexibility is and isn't possible. And to know that if a situation arises where there is kind of this disconnect between you and a client or you and someone you hire, 
that the intangible outcomes, like the way you make people feel, are just as important to consider as the financial. And you know, as silly and goofy as these dogman books are, and they're really goofy, (laughs) I'm just glad that my son is reading them because, you know, they clearly have things to teach him beyond like fart jokes. Um, which, you know, I'll be honest, I enjoy. I do because I have the sense of humor of a nine-year-old boy. Like I, I never pretended to be classy folks. (laughs) Anywho, um, with the holidays approaching, if there's a kiddo in your life who loves to read, you know, definitely think about introducing them to the Dogman series. Um, they probably already know about it and there are about a dozen books available in the series. And if you'd like to buy a copy of Dogman and Cat Kid, you'll find an affiliate link in the show notes for my bookshop.org storefront. And any purchases made through that link, Better With Books, and the local independent bookstore of your choosing, which I think is a win-win. Thank you for joining us today, honey. Anything else you'd like to say to our listeners? Who you work for? Welcome to the Better of Books podcast. And be a guest wherever. <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs>